and welcome to the 16th episode of The Week with Roger, a conversation between analysts about all things telecom media and technology from Recon Analytics. I'm Don Kellogg, and with me as always is Roger Antner. How you doing, Roger? I'm great. How are you? I'm good. So what? this week I thought we could revisit C-band auction. As we record this, there have been 45 rounds of bidding, and we're now up to almost $70 billion of total gross proceeds, making this the largest auction that the FCC's ever held. What are, what are your thoughts so far in terms of where things are with the auction? Well, I think it's more than we thought. Most people who came out and, and put a number down were like, you know, at 40-ish or so. This is substantially more. Uh, it shows you how important C-band is and how bullish the uh, operators are on the importance of 5G. I think it's pretty exciting. You know, at the same time, we have to look at it that we are auctioning off a lot more spectrum than we have ever uh, auctioned off before. Before this biggest auction was like 65 megahertz, and this is 280. So we have to put things also a little bit in, in context. But You've done quite a bit of analysis on this. You published some initial analysis before Christmas on Fierce Wireless and Recon Analytics, and you're putting together right now an analysis again on where we are, which I think will be published right when this podcast will get published as well. So what are you finding? Yeah, so I thought what was interesting is when we look at you know, the way that the, the spectrum is being auctioned off, they made a split between the A block, which is spectrum that's going to be available in 2021, and then the BC block for the top 46 markets, uh, which will be available in 2023. And so one of the things that we were looking at was what was the difference between the prices that we saw for A block, so i.e. top markets that are going to be available within the year, versus BC block licenses, right? So those are functionally identical spectrum, but it's going to be available two years later. And what we saw is that there is roughly about a 10% difference or a premium on the A block spectrum. When you add that up in terms of, you know, 100 megahertz of A block versus 100 megahertz of BC block, even though there is a little bit more BC block, there's 180 megahertz of the BC block in general, uh, in total. And when you make an apples to apples comparison, the difference is about $1.8 billion for that speed to market. So I think, you know, to your point, it's, it's definitely interesting to see how much more the carriers are willing to pay. I assume it's the carriers or bidders in general are, are willing to pay to be able to get access to that. We both have called it Goldilocks spectrum for mid-band 5G, right? So it's it's sitting right in the middle between, you know, attractive propagation characteristics as well as enough spectrum to make a meaningful difference in terms of 5G deployments. Yeah, it, but it's 3.5 to 4.2 overall where this is sitting. It's not as good as ST-Mobile's 2.5. Both will have problems getting into buildings uh, when you're up in 3.5 it's even harder but it's yeah it's very interesting to see that time to market advantage which probably appeals to AT&T and Verizon and less so 
for Comcast Charter and, and Dish because they don't really have a loaded network yet. But the other thing that I thought was really interesting in your analysis was when we look outside the top 46 or top 50 markets, what did you find there? Yeah, so I thought it was really interesting. You know, typically with these auctions, the the larger markets take priority in the beginning of the auction. It's not until later rounds that you really start to see a lot of demand develop for smaller markets. What we saw in C-band is that starting at around round 10, there was really significant amounts of bids over demand. So that's you know, a scenario where price is increasing and there's there's a lot of demand for a license happening earlier in the in the, the auction. So those smaller markets heated up a lot sooner than we typically would see. And you know, as of right now, what we're seeing is that those top 50 markets or the top 46 that where the license is split between A blocks and BC blocks are largely resolved. All of the A block licenses for now have stabilized and are not increasing in price. And uh, a majority of the BC blocks are close to, to resolving. But those ABC blocks, the, the blocks where they're above the top 50, still average over four bids over demand, right? So that indicates that, that there's probably going to be a while or a number of rounds before we start to see equilibrium in those smaller markets. So, you know, I think from a bidding perspective, it's clear that there are bidders that are placing a lot of value on a national footprint. And so, you know, typically where we would see more emphasis in the larger markets, we're seeing a lot of increases in the smaller markets uh, continuing, right? Which is quite surprising considering the propagation characteristics. The other thing that I found very interesting is that the top three markets like New York, L.A., Chicago did not have the same premium as they had in in previous auctions. Sometimes New York is 50 percent of the entire country. And now it's, what, 5 percent, if even that, 10? Yeah, I believe it's 9 percent as of right now. Yeah. So... It, it's really very interesting that this has not happened as it has in the past. But it's probably because the spectrum sits a little bit apart from everybody, from everything else, and doesn't mix and match as easily. So what other thoughts do you have in terms of when are we going to, you know, assuming the auction ends, you know, in the next week or two, how long will we need to wait before we find out who won the bids? And then what does that mean from a deployment perspective for those folks that did did acquire spectrum in this auction? Yeah, so I would expect that very soon the number of bids per day goes up, right? We're now right now at five rounds a day, and that should really help accelerate. But then when uh, when all is said and done, there's an assignment phase where the carriers can pick where they want to be on that on that division, and I would expect some jogging going on, especially at the A and B C license side so that you can make larger contiguous channels. So you would want to have probably something that is right at that line to make it bigger. But it's within days. It's really quick. And then they will partially build out. I would imagine that the C-band antennas can be used for CBRS and vice versa. And that way, a lot of groundwork for somebody like a a Verizon has already been made that put CBRS antennas on basically every cell site that they touch, right? 
And so it would probably be one truck roll, one deployment for anybody who has CBRS spectrum or, or does CBRS and has C-band. And here it doesn't matter if it's PAL or GAA license for CBRS. It should be one set of antennas. And so I would say the moment the spectrum is cleared, the spectrum will actually go live. All right. Well, I think that's all we have time for today. Thanks, Roger. Terrific. Thank you. Thank you.